we give the uh, band a, hand, a round of applause as well, please? It's great to celebrate Christmas with you this year as we celebrate God sending his son into the world to come and live among us, to be with us, to live in our mess, so that through his life and his death, he can rescue us from that mess and make a way for us to be with him, to be with God forever in a renewed and perfected world to come. Now Christ, now Christmas, oh, that's a message for me kids that Father Christmas wants me to give out some sweets. So if you're in the middle of the row, you might want to work your way towards the end because this may happen a few times during the message. There you go. Have some more down there. Yeah, you need to be quick, otherwise those adults will, will get them. Now, now Christmas takes... Wow, look at that. I think you've got them all, Ben. It's all right. Now, Christmas takes a lot of planning for, for most people, apart from a few of those chaps who like to wear it as a badge of honour that they've done nothing for Christmas. That is, up until the 24th of December, they go around saying, I've done, done nothing. And then on the 24th of December, they're suddenly panicked that they've done nothing for Christmas. And they realise, oh, I haven't even got my wife a present. Anyway, enough about me. Let's see who has been planning Christmas the earliest in the year. So I'm going to assume everyone's been thinking about Christmas in December. So let's start in November. Put your hands up if you are thinking about and planning Christmas in November. That's most people in the room. Keep your, keep your, if you're thinking about Christmas in November, keep your hands up. If you're before November, your hands should be up as well. Don't worry. Right. So keep your hands up. If you were thinking about and planning Christmas in October, then keep your hands up. But if you were not thinking about Christmas in October, you're thinking, oh, I'll leave it till November, then put your hands down. Okay, so there's still a lot of hands. Okay, so if you were thinking about Christmas in September, keep your hands up. But if you had left it till later in the year, you can put your hands down now. Okay, there's still hands going up in the room. Okay. What about if you were thinking about Christmas in August, but you were, if you weren't thinking about Christmas before, uh, before August, then put your hands down. Okay, still hands up. Okay, you know where we're going. July, keep your hands up if you were thinking about Christmas in July. Oh, look at this. Yeah, there's a few in the room. You can put your hands down if you weren't. June. Oh, there's still, still a few. Okay, May. Oh, still a few. April. Uh, still a few. Get your hands up there. What about March? Uh, still a few as March as well. Well done, well done. February. Uh, yeah, there's still a, ha a lot of hands up here thinking about preparing Christmas in February. January. Okay, there's a few people thinking, well done, well done to you, well done. Well, it may surprise you, and actually some of the people who had their hands up in the room were part of the office team here, that we as a church 
start thinking about Christmas in January. Can you believe it? We, uh, what we tend to do is after Christmas, this, this service, while it's all fresh in our mind in January, we have a quick think about the next Christmas, what things we'll do differently, what things we should be doing. And, uh, and we find, and actually as I was praying about this year, in January, I felt that the uh, key thing for us to focus on this year was how Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Not knowing, actually, the work that, that what would happen just a month later in Ukraine, and knowing how relevant, actually, this message of being the Prince of Peace would be. But God knew, obviously. And you know, it may surprise you to know that the Bible tells us that God had been planning Christmas from the beginning. The passage uh, that the, uh, Chris's last song was on was from Isaiah chapter 9. The words should appear behind me on the screen as well. These words were written 750 years, roughly, before Christ was born, where he says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. For those of you not familiar with those words, you understand why the song was written that we just sung as well now. Now, peace, according to the Bible, is... Um, well, peace now, peace according to the Bible is much more than we think of in this country. In this country, we tend to just think of peace as the absence of trouble, the absence of conflict, the absence of things negative that take away peace. But that's only half the story, as that spoken word uh, gave, um, helped us to see. In fact, you only, that's only half of the picture. When you only see half the picture, you don't really appreciate the full picture. So actually, we've got a few pictures coming up now to see if people can guess what this is. Oh, can anyone guess? Well, bananas, well done. Keen eyes, yes, you see, bananas. Okay, what about this next one then? It's a little bit more tricky. Who said sausages? Well done over there. I reckon you can have a sweet for that one. Yeah, well done. Sorry, bananas was easy. Banana, that one was more tricky. Okay, what about this last one then? Cheese. Oh, look at that, you see. Cheese. You're all very keen. Very good eyes there. Well done. Well done. No, Tom, you can't have a sweet. Yeah. All right then. Go on then. You can have a sweet. Ah, well done. Well, I <laughs> uh, got stolen at the last minute. When the Bible talks about peace, it uses the word shalom. It's the same 
uh, root meaning is the word salam. So you get salam alikum in, in Arabic, which is more familiar to us. It's the concept of not just things that are negative not being there, but things that are positive, that bring wholeness, that bring completeness, that bring well-being being there as well. And that is what the Bible means when it says Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He is the one who brings true peace to your life as you follow him. Now, one may be forgiven for asking the question if you're here this morning and thinking, hang on a second, if Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and if of the increase of his government and peace there'll be no end on earth, well, where is that peace? Because as we look around the world today, we just look at the negative side of things, let alone the, the positive side of things. We see that there are wars and rumours of wars. And it's not just wars, is it, that rob people of peace. They are obviously a, the worst case that we see. But actually many of you experience a lack of peace when you're near those people or that group because you know that there's going to be trouble that follows, that comes your way. Sadly, for some of you, those people may actually be even people within your own household, people that you work with, maybe, as well. These local, less dramatic examples of, uh, of conflict and strife may not be newsworthy, but they actually impact your life on a daily basis. Some of you here are here with the scars, emotional scars. Some, some of you, it may even be physical scars of the negative impact of other people's selfish choices on your life. For some of you, it's your health and issues of illness that are there, that are robbing peace from you. For some of you, it may even be a lack of peace within. There's inner turmoil due to past actions that either you have done and you can't move on from or have been done to you and you can't move on from them either. So how has the coming of Jesus 2,000 years ago as a baby born in a manger helped bring peace, let alone the Prince of Peace, who of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Oh. Try it that way this time. This way. Oh, there's a big gang of you there. Go on then, here you go. Ah! Oh dear. Oh dear. Good job I got good job I got a second tub. No, no. Do you know the Bible is clear that behind all these turmoils, behind all these conflicts that we're aware of, there is a deeper one. One that all humanity faces that we're all vaguely aware of but can't necessarily put our finger on. You know, have you ever been in a room where the air conditioning is on 
And, uh, it, but your, your mind doesn't even notice it anymore. It's sort of switched off to the fact that it's on. There's that sort of latent tension that, that builds. And then all of a sudden the air conditioning goes off and you, you breathe that sigh of relief because you think, ah, that was, that was, that's what was robbing my peace beforehand. And the Bible is clear that our, at our deepest level as human beings, made in the image of God, we were made for God. We were made to know God. We were made to enjoy God. But because of our sin, because of the things that we have done that are wrong, whether conscious or unconscious, our rebellion against God, this is what has robbed that peace, that there's no peace between us and God. Our ignoring the one who gave us life, who gave you your very next breath, who made this world that we live in, is no small thing before our creator. The fact that he loves everyone as well. So when we do things, which we've all done things that are wrong, that hurt other people, actually the Bible says chiefly, even though they're against other people, it's chiefly against God that we are offending because he made them and he loves them as well. And it's this rebellion against God that leads to us and others acting selfishly, causing all the problems and conflicts that we see around us. And the God of the whole world, who is judge of everyone, has to bring justice to that. He cannot have evil in his presence, and he has to punish wrongdoing. So don't worry. All those people that you know of, uh, uh, about who have committed horrible war crimes that we see, that seem to get away with it in this life, don't seem to get touched in this life. They won't get away with it before the king of heaven. But the truth is, neither will any of us as well. Because he knows us right the way down to the thoughts and intention of our heart. And his standards much higher than us. But being a God of love, being a God who loves you, he sent Jesus, his only son, to live amongst us. Which is why we celebrate this at Christmas time. Not to condemn us, as he could condemn us if he wanted to. But he came to live a perfect life among us to show us the way. And then willingly dying on that cross to take on himself God's judgment against all the things that you and I have done that are wrong, that offend God, so that we can be forgiven. And then three days later, rising again victorious over sin and death so that all who have put their faith in him can know for certain that they too will rise again when they die to have everlasting life with him. Thus Jesus restores peace to your soul at its deepest level. And his Holy Spirit comes and lives in you. And inside of me, he transforms us from the inside out. And the outworking of this peace is why Jesus can say to his followers, you're to be peacemakers. Because he comes and he brings peace, inner peace, to your heart and to your soul. He also will help give you strength to bring peace into situations you're in. He'll even give you strength to deal lovingly and kindly to those who are troubling you. For the gospel of peace, the Bible says, must go out to all 
the world. So they all get a chance to get right with God. And then the end can come. And then Jesus will return. And he'll judge the living and the dead and bring true peace on earth. In this present time, the peace that God is wanting you to receive, and the most important peace that you can have, is between you and God. And you get that by surrendering your life to Jesus. And you, when you do that, you're no longer under God's judgment. You're no longer under his displeasure, but you receive his, bless, his blessing and his favor. He gives you a peace that surpasses understanding, no matter what you're going through in life. He gives you an inner peace that can remain with you even when the world is in turmoil around you. He will give you a safe haven, a peace haven, if you like, in the storms of life. That is what the Prince of Peace, Jesus, offers you today and in the age to come, eternal life. And this gospel of peace is going out to the ends of the earth. There are fewer and fewer people around the world who have not heard, who have, have heard, not heard this message. And when all have, the Bible says, Christ will return. And he'll wrap up history and he'll put an end to all the wars and the conflicts and the peace, the, uh, uh, the lack of uh, um, uh, peace that we see around us. All those things will be brought to an end. But if you want to be part of the glorious future that God has for this world and for you, then you humbly need to surrender yourself to Jesus and to give him the rest of your life, just as he gave his life for you. Receiving the peace given by the Prince of Peace, who chose to come into our troubled world and live amongst us so that he can make a way for you to live in the glorious age to come where he rules and he reigns for all eternity. And if you want that peace in your life today, if you want that glorious future hope as your hope, then pray this along with me as, a, as, I, as I pray. Just pray this in your heart. God knows what you're thinking. I just invite you to bow your heads to pray a moment. Just say this to God. So, Heavenly Father... Thank you that you loved Jesus, that you loved me enough to send Jesus to die to save me. Please forgive me of all the things that I have done wrong. And through the power of your Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, help me live the rest of my life for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you're here today and you prayed that prayer, please come and speak to me afterwards or on your way out. There's these, uh, these leaflets by the door. Please grab one. We'd love you to take it and help explain a bit further what you have uh, done this morning. If you're here this morning and you're lacking peace in your life, I just actually want to pray for you as well. You know, there's many things that can be robbing people of peace, whether it be ill health, Ill health or a, tr a troubled situation you're in. And I just believe God wants to meet with you in that situation. So I'm just going to pray again. And if you're here in that situation, just be asking God, please help me in this situation. But uh, yeah, Lord Jesus, thank you that you love us. Thank you that you are the Prince of Peace. Thank you that you are with us in troubled times. You don't leave us alone. You don't 
Leave us to face these things by ourselves, Lord God. You promise to be with us. And Lord, whatever people are going through, Lord God, whether it be financial, whether it be health, Lord God, whether it be a difficult situation or a troubling, a troubling person, Lord God, I pray, Lord, that you would help bring peace to people's hearts now, that they would know that you are with them, that you have the solution for them, Lord God. We, we may not know, it may not be our plan, Lord God, but you're in control and you are prepared, Lord God. And so, Lord, we look to you and just say, would you be with each person in Jesus' name? Amen. Amen.